This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me as usual are Richard Halls. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. In this week's show, we have two main reviews. We're going to kick off with Knights of the Bastard, and then we have a film which has turned up on Amazon Prime called Cyan. Uh, our short shot this week is called Other Kin, and our DTV throwback is the classic Christoph Lambert and Mario Van Peebles in Gunman. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first review, then, is Night of the Bastard. Out in the desert, a grumpy recluse begrudgingly comes to the aid of an injured young woman who is pursued by a deadly group of cultists looking to sacrifice her. Um, We've come across this archetype before, uh, and it is one I I do thoroughly enjoy. I I love this kind of film, this sort of of siege kind of thing, Um, especially when cults are involved. we, we had one uh, earlier in the year called The Long Night, which mm-hmm. had a couple, sta- you know, visiting this um, house. I, th- I think they were ostensibly trying to find the woman's birth parents or something, and there was a clue at this particular house. So sort of drawn there. That was a little bit like the opening of this film. You know, the, the open- yeah, this yeah. film starts with a couple going it on It does, a journey, yeah, look, look yeah. exactly, yeah. Um, also, you know, you, you could throw in things like The Void, um, there was another one we covered you, you mentioned. Yeah, um, so I think similarities with Hellblazers. Hellblazers, that's right. Um, the one that was sorry, with Billy Zane. Um, even things like um, For the Sake of Vicious, you know, it, it's that sort of thing where, you know, the, a small group of people are sort of basically under siege, you know, and having to sort of fight for their lives. Um, I, I, I do like that archetype a lot. Um, and I do like this film a lot. Um, it, is, it is quite different um, in its approach. I mean, it is pretty bloodthirsty for a start. Uh, that opening sequence is pretty full on. Um, and and is, it sort of plays with your expectations as well as, as to who is who, uh, which was quite cool. Um, the, the, the sort of reveal late in was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's, that's a, an interesting take on things. Um, Let's start with Steve. How did you get on with Night of the Bastard? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. I mean, when it started, I, I didn't think I was going to like it. That, that first scene is, it is full on. I was like, it whoa, is. hang on. Because you know, I'm like, I'm not a go-hound. I was like, oh, that's mm. a bit more sad. But then it does kind of settle down. Uh, it takes a little while to get going, really. Mm. Um, the pacing, I think, at the beginning is a bit off. And to be fair, I didn't like the girl at first, or yeah. the three of them. They were, they were, they were basically dicks. <laughs> you know, the characters are absolute assholes. But I, I kind of get why, and mm. it does move the story on. But and then it turns into like you know your standard siege. You know, trying to break away, and then that twist at the end. Just like okay, that it just came out of nowhere, really. And mm. I was like, "What?" 
Okay, fair enough. And then you just let let the craziness take over, basically. Um, I thought the performances were, were pretty solid in this, uh, mm-hmm. and the direction was good. He just, I think he dragged a little bit in the middle, and even though it wasn't too long, to be fair, all about an hour and a half, wasn't it? Hour mm-hmm. and twenty. Um, but yeah, all in all, not not bad. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Not, not really new. Part the genre. Not, not nothing particularly new, except it, you know, the fact that its its balls are probably a bit bigger than most. Mm. That's what I'd say, but you know, it, yeah. it, it, it's willing to go places that you know a lot of these films don't. It doesn't play any of it for laughs. Um, no, but with, without being sort of po faced, I mean, it's it's a very sort of pulpy storyline, you know, mm. and, and and it's I think I think the linchpin is the sort of the priestess character. Really, yeah. the, the way she sort of like controls her coven, as it were, or the you know the the cult. You know, she's she's not shrill. She doesn't have to shout at them or anything like that. But she she's in complete control, um, yeah. which which is nice. You know, it's nice to sort of see that. Right, you know, I I could see like a hundred ways it could be done badly, um, but I think they 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 sort of, they they went the right way with that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Rich, how did you get on with Night of the Bastard? I liked it a lot as well. I think the it in, the title sort of indicates horror comedy, and mm. although there is comedy in it, I think you're right when you say most of it is like it's like pretty straight, pretty full on. Mm. But the comedy is kind of comes out every now and again. And the the, the guy who made it, um, uh, Eric uh, Bo- Bocher. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably pronouncing that wrong. Uh, he's got a long background of shorts, especially things like Funny or Die stuff. Oh yeah. So he's done some quite quirky stuff. He's also done some, you know, he he's works a lot in comedy and horror, and kind of I guess that's a natural thing for for this that mm. he's sort of leaning more into the horror on this. But there's those little bits that sort of coming through. Mm. Um, the especially I mean, you know, in that, like that, that final ending, you know, for sure, mm. you, you could definitely see that as sort of being sort of blackly comic, you know. Yeah, I see, he does <laughs> seem to do black comedy, sort of twisted, yeah. sort of uh, ideas and, and and things. I think that's what he from it's a happy ending, you know, with a big question mark <laughs> over it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very strange, but yeah, the, but a lot of the the thing is, there's a lot of comical dialogue mm. from like um uh claire the leader of the leader of the the, the group the coven mm. whatever um but hannah pierce playing her sells it so well yeah. <laughs> that that it's not laughable it's it it's ridiculous the way she's saying it. it's completely unnatural nobody would talk like that mm. but she she does and she makes it convincing her performance which i, I think is testament uh, to that side of it, it doesn't come off as as too jokey. I mean, you you can sort of have a little snigger of it, but but she's selling yeah. it pretty damn well. I think it's um, and also you've got uh, London May as the lead guy. Now, the the film threw me at first hmm. because there's a transition from the prologue to the main film, yep. and I thought it, and I thought that's the same character. You know, they show uh, a guy and then they show this other guy. And I thought that was the same guy. Like four years has gone past, right? Uh, and, oh, I see. And, yeah, yeah. and that's not the case at all, uh, as, as soon becomes apparent because you, you, I'm watching it. I think that it doesn't 
I don't the pieces aren't quite fitting and then as soon as he starts to reveal stuff about himself when he's having conversation or whatever I'm like yeah he's definitely not that same character uh, mm. otherwise he would know some of this stuff anyway um he really reminded me a lot of Bill Mosley uh, yes. I thought he was yeah. I thought he was pretty pretty good and also um uh, the rest of the cast were, were pretty good too, but those were the, the they were the two sort of standouts. Mm -hmm. I thought uh, Maya, Maya Hudson as Kira was pretty good as well. Yep. Um, we mentioned some of the films that we think uh, you know that that have sort of trod this ground. You know, there's been mm -hmm. so many. Uh, there was that Johnny Knoxville, or Johnny Knoxville wasn't in it very much, but that was another sort of culty one, wasn't it? The um, oh, uh, what's that called? I can't remember the. It was that it was another one all set in a house. Yeah, yeah. Um, can't remember. I'm terrible with film titles sometimes. <laughs> but the uh, but yeah, Hellblazers really came to mind. Long night, I hadn't thought of, but that's a really good shout. Um, even some of the shorts, like all of them witches, came to mind, mm -hmm. which was the yeah. one, which was um, uh, Amalia's uh, film about yeah, the right. uh, the documentary film makers go out to mm -hmm. and, and start filming the the uh, the sort of coven and stuff. So there was all those sort of familiar we're in well familiar territory especially the sort of the siege kind of setup and the considering the fact that we've got two characters under siege for what 70 minutes or whatever the film mm. spends you know that amount of time i thought it did really well um yeah. you know in sort of pa you know pacing itself and that because usually you know let's say a feast or something you've you've got you know you've got plenty of characters for attrition um and in here we've got yeah, the attrition is mainly on the on the, other the, side, the antagonist yeah. side, yeah. but even with something like VFW, you know, you've got you've got plenty versus plenty, if you see what mm. I mean. Whereas in yeah, this yeah. case, it's like you've got to keep these characters alive for a good short portion of the of the film. Um, that's kind of what it's reliant on, and yeah, it's, it sort of paced itself quite nicely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, no, this is yeah, very it's cool. quite violent at times. Uh, what is it? Yeah, I think. Oh, that's where that's where some of the other comedy comes out of with with the turtle, especially towards the end. <laughs> it's like this, um, this uh, almost like a Tom Young Gung sort of revenge thing going on <laughs> as the, as the as the film gets towards the end. But the um, but the overall sort of aesthetic and stuff. Say the it, this is like old school sort of practical stuff. Yeah. Um, lingering on it, you know, it's sort of um, uh, it's very, you know, very fright fest. I would say, mm -hmm. you know, probably quite a, quite a crowd. I don't know if it ever, I don't know if it played Pride Plastic. It, it quite possibly did, uh, or that sort of thing. I think it would probably have gone down really well with a with a with a crowd. And uh, yeah, I think it's definitely well worth a look. Definitely, yep. How are we going to score it, Steve? Um, I'll give it a six. Mm -hmm. well, I'm definitely going higher than a six, so I'm going to give this a seven. And Rich. Yeah, I'm going to give it a seven as well. Yep. Two sevens and a six for Night of the Bastard. Go check it out. Our next review is Cyan. In the jungles of Chile, a young woman finds herself hunted by the land grabbers who murdered her grandmother and must use her warrior skills to fight back. Um, again, this is a trope we are well familiar with um but culturally um i don't think we've covered any films from chile before guys not that um, i recall no, no. a bit of south american stuff but um yeah chile i don't think we've covered um 
I, I really like this. It's it's really well put together. Um, it's it's on Amazon Prime. I don't know if you guys did. Did you end up with like the English language version? I, I yeah. changed it to the original language version. Right. I couldn't find the original language version. I thought I thought about putting it into Portuguese, but um, yeah, I, I couldn't see like an original version. So I ended up yeah, watching think... in English, which wasn't actually too bad. You know, it, it came across quite well. It um, threw me at first because. You're you're hearing half of it dubbed and half of it in that in the yes, natural exactly, language, yeah. and then I was like, "There's something not right here." So I went into the settings, and I can't remember right. which one I had to change it to. Yeah. But um, I think it was it might have been Spanish. I'm sorry for the first Spanish. yeah for the first half of the film. I thought, okay, so this is how it was filmed. But then, then halfway through, so you start to realise actually no, this is this has been dubbed. Um, but you know, for, for for all that, I thought it'd been dubbed quite well. Um, yeah, this this. You know, it, it does a good job of giving us a bit of backstory as the film goes on to show how how Cyan, you know, um, got this, got her skills, as it were, you know, as, as Brian Mills would put it, a certain set of skills. Um, and, and you know, the whole setup, it, it, we've seen it in before in things like Thunderheart and, and, and you know, loads of stuff, uh, especially from the 80s. You know, after Rambo, there was, um, there was another one about a... Sort of Native American who goes on a warpath. Come on, what that was called now? Never mind. Anyway, but yes, there's been loads of these sort of films. How did you get on with this one, Steve? Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was good. Um, I thought it was a little bit rushed at the beginning to get into mm. the actual, you know, the murder of the grandmother, shall we say. It's not as far yeah. as, it's, you know. It's a thing. I thought that was quite rushed, but mm -hmm. they played it off better. The first, the, you know, the more the film went on, because it, it kind of explained the character, the guy who did it, and you know, hinted at his past and that he's capable, mm -hmm. and he does, he's done things like this before and stuff. So it's like, right, okay, that kind of made it more clear and made more more sense of it. And I thought the action was really well done. Mm -hmm. um, even the political stylings of it, you know, where it's like the mayor's trying to put her as a terrorist and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, up against the big corporation, blah, blah, blah. And I actually thought they did that really well. And that worked even up until the end as well. It's it's all too believable, isn't it? You know, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. You know, it's 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 kind of how we do see these sort of like you know, um, developing countries, you know, being exploited by big business, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, cool. Um, Rich, I was really looking forward to seeing this because the director's name caught my eye. It's Alexander Witt. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'd only seen one film that he'd made before, which was Resident Evil Apocalypse. That was his directorial debut. And yeah. uh, he's directed a couple of little bits, but this this is the first. There's one called Red Squad that I can't find anything about, but this is like the, the only other film of his that I've seen of, as a director. He's from mm -hmm. Chile, um, but he's been working in Hollywood since the mid 90s. He's a you know well sought after second unit director, specializes in action everything from starting his career with speed all the way through to fast X, uh, which is currently out. Um, and so much in between no time to die, all, 
all the, you know a lot of the James Bond stuff and and that it was ridiculously impressive sort of uh, body of work that he's got. So I had quite high hopes for the action quotient of the film. Mm-hmm. I think um, possibly due to it being a Chilean production, it's not got that Hollywood polish, not got that extra you know layer to it. Some of the action is not as uh, as good as as we're used to seeing from Hollywood, and I think that's probably you know due, uh, due to a, a various factors, including budget and prep time and stuff. Some of it seems like a bit like trial run uh but there's some good stuff in there and you know it it certainly delivers what what you go to watch it for i think for me some of the action is ruined (laughs) because they put this terrible like pop music and stuff over the top of it (laughs) where there should be like a really you know exciting score like a dun 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 score sort of thing and instead it goes and i'm like i'm like no no, you're ruining this bike chase or this, um, you know, this speedboat chase and whatever. I mean, there's mm. some nice payoffs and stuff. There's some nice ideas. There's a bit with yeah. the with the with the the, um, the bike chase scene has a nice yeah, it's a nice callback. It's a nice callback yeah. to the uh, to her training, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, and the, you know, the film is structured very familiar. You know, she's the girl, and you know, saying, "Oh, we can't possibly train you," and then she has to prove herself, and mm. you know, she ends up being better. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it brought to mind things like Prey and stuff recently, but I thought the the, the other thing that jumped out to me was I was like, I don't know if they've watched Steven Seagal movies, but this is very much a 1990s <laughs> Steven Seagal movie, but without the white saviour element. Yeah. So, um, even, so the scene where the grandmother is killed mm-hmm. is... Mm. Almost identical. <laughs> it's on deadly ground, did not it? Yeah, it's <laughs> almost identical to the John C. McGinley shooting the tribal leader scene yeah. in On Deadly Ground, and he, he even does it like, "Oh, you know, oh, he, they were coming after me." You know, I was like, just, I was only defending yeah. myself, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I thought that that can't be a mistake because there were elements in this movie of On Deadly Ground and Fire Down Below and stuff, mm. but that sort of dissipates. It doesn't really go in any sort of grand directions. It sort of becomes. Um, it's your standard sort of chase through the forest kind of movie, really, for the for the whole running time, which is more like, um, you know, which we again we've covered quite a few of like that um, dynamic film where she goes after the um, uh, the hunter uh, guy. She mm. got sort of tries to take him on. I can't remember, again. I can't remember the name of the movie. Um, but yeah, so the Steven Seagal stuff I thought was quite interesting. Um, there's no big. There is some message stuff early, but it's more to do with the cultural relations with the tribe and stuff, which I thought was mm-hmm. again something that isn't really emphasised a lot. It's usually, it's usually the outsider, or it's like um, somebody. It's like John yeah. Wayne playing an uh, playing yeah. an, uh, playing yeah. <laughs> playing an Apache or whatever it is. You know, it's it's not really anybody identifiably. Uh, that's the thing, a, isn't it? That's, that's interesting as well. You're, you're absolutely right because. Normally, for you know, going back a few years for this sort of film, there would be a white guy in there, even if he's not the main character. There'd be somebody in there for somebody to explain the culture to. You know, mm-hmm. oh, this this is uh, this is what we do for funerals or whatever. You know, this is this is our way. So, so you know, that would be the sort of conduit for the audience. Nowadays, it's like, pay attention. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not yeah. pandering to you. There's no there's no white guy standing. You know, just just fucking follow along, which which I which I you know I, I applaud really. Um, it, it makes it much more authentic, I think. Yeah. yeah, and the the thing was with that um, 
going back to the Steven Seagal stuff, mm. the, um, the, the the fire down below element that I was particularly thinking of was in in that film, uh, Chris Christopherson is like the big bad boss, mm. but he's away in like Las Vegas and it's his mm. son who's doing the doing his dirty work for him and his yeah. son's not that confident and stuff. And that's exactly what the setup is here, uh, is, you know, the son who's, who's Tr- sort of try, like... Trying to prove himself to his dad. Trying to prove himself to his dad and stuff. overreaching and... Yeah, and also, they're saying he's supposed to be like a psycho and stuff, but that never really comes across. He just sort of comes across as quite Weak sort of inexperienced. Unique, but then, yeah. <laughs> then he's got this big hulking uh, guy, you know, like a big bodybuilder type bloke with him, who's, act- who's like his... Uh, um, Mental like father, slash, mentor, yeah, father, yeah. father figure, sort of substitute kind of figure, and again, he reminds me of Sven Ole Thorsen from On Deadly Ground. Do you remember how he walks around with it, uh, Tom, uh, with John C. McGinley? Mm. He's he's the one doing. He's the heavy. He's doing. He's doing what. So there, there's all those um, sort of uh, little bits that I enjoyed. Um, yeah, so I would say good to see Alexander Witt directing again. I would say I think this film could have done with a slightly bigger budget, a little bit more polish. But uh, I'm great to see a Chilean action movie, which I've never seen before, uh, no, and right. and say so, uh, enough that's really fun. It's only ninety minutes, so it doesn't outstay its welcome. Interesting cultural stuff because I don't, you know, I'd never heard of the Mapuche and tri- uh, tribes and and stuff like that. You know, many of these countries have got indigenous populations, and you know, we never learn about them. Uh, so mm. uh, that's that's been that was really interesting. Uh, Enrico uh, Enrique. RK, I'm not sure, I'm, as Maximo Torres, the guy playing, the, mm. I recognised him. He turns up in a lot of Hollywood um, stuff like Terminator, Salvation stuff. Mm-hmm. So I recognised him, but he's kind of one of those guys who I'm like, I know the face, but I don't quite know, you know, what I've seen him in. But you'll probably, mm. you know, other people probably feel the same way. But he's probably about as close you get to sort of as a, a recognised actor. And this is very much a cast of at least to us, unknowns, uh, yeah. Chilean audiences might be very familiar with some of these people. Um, I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, great that this got made and picked up by Amazon because, you know, this is the mm. sort of film that we wouldn't have seen really uh, a few years ago, I don't think. Yeah. Um, so Rylan Montenegro is um, our her- her- heroine, our hero, mm-hmm. um, yep. Cyan. Um, she- she's made, looks like about five screen appearances before so a mixture of tv and um um sort of film stuff but mm-hmm. i thought she, i thought she was great basically you know sort of very believable um person up front this does lose a point for me you know why well the immediate res. res yeah absolutely not necessary as far as i'm concerned but i i, I do understand you know this the cynical the cynicism of needing to hook your audience early going look there's going to be action later on just just sit through the boring character stuff at the beginning you'll be fine which annoys me but there you go but i do understand it um but you, you were mentioning about the sort of the lack of the guy the person who they explain the traditions to and whatever but mm. um in this case what we have is we've got a spanish character they say the, the the son is from is from spain so he's mm. about as much he's kind of the outsider but he makes no real effort to Oh, that's right. To learn yeah. about the situation, yeah. but they, I mean, there, I mean, there is. You know, a... Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, in other films, people will be explaining stuff to that mm. person. But yeah, yeah, as you say, he he just doesn't give a shit. He's not. Yeah, he's not bothered. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, anyway, okay, this is very good. Uh, it's it's on Amazon, as we said. Um, officially, how are we going to score it, um, Steve? 
Um, oh, it's tough between seven and an eight. I think I'll go an eight. Mm-hmm. And Rich? I'm going to give it another seven, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm going to join you on a seven. I probably would give it an eight if I'd seen it in its original language. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I, I got a duck at a point for in media res. Um, that's, that's my rule. <laughs> <laughs> Two sevens and an eight for Cyan. It's on Amazon Prime. Go check it out. Our short shot this week is Other Kin. A young woman is reunited with her birth parents only to discover her parents have some very strange beliefs. Um, I was kind of reminded of another shot we did about six episodes ago called Skin and Bone. Mm-hmm. The only yeah. reason is, is at the end of it, I'm like, what the fuck have I just watched? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I yeah. really, I, I do like this. This is very well produced. It looks fantastic. Uh, it, it's got this sort of dark and moody um, lighting to it. It, it, it. You know, the house looks amazing, uh, full of all these weird artifacts and things. Um, and then you got, uh, how would you describe it? Furries from hell? Uh, you know, that's, that's basically... <laughs> It's fucking it, weird. It's a shot. It's to me. It's a shot like a sharp version of Tusk. Right. You know okay. I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I know of it, but I've never actually seen Tusk. Yeah. <clears throat> That's yeah. You sat there watching it. You're thinking, okay, it's a bit. You know, I get a bit tense now, and then all of a sudden, it just goes off its fucking head, <laughs> and you're like, what? And it just <laughs> comes out of nowhere. Hmm. And you, you could sit there for 20 years, you'd never guess what the actual twist or spin on this is. You'd have no Absolutely. idea. Absolutely. And there's no, I don't know, there's no backstory to it or anything. Just, this is what it is. This is how it happens. Mm. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. But it, it, in, in that regard, it, it, it stays in your head, you know what I mean? I mean, I think that's the whole thing. You you know, because you're asking those questions, you're like, why? What? Who? Yeah. Yeah, you want to know. Because it, because it is very intriguing, you know, this sort of setup. Um, see, uh, sorry, uh, Rich, you, you curated this for us. I did ask for a horror film this week. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I thought this, I was very taken by it. I was, I checked out a couple and this really stood out. This just at the time of, uh, you know, picking it, it just premiered. I think, I think it had just made it, I don't think it had been available before, but it had just come up on Alter. So that's where I saw it. And the, uh, the actress, uh, Georgina Campbell, uh, I thought was very good. She's actually local. She's from near where I live. And I think, um, yeah, uh, she comes, Apparently she comes from Maidstone, which is not far from where I am, but she's been turning up in a few things I've seen lately. And I think she does, she plays Americans really well. I mean, yeah. I think she does a really yeah. convincing accent and stuff. Um, the, uh, I can't remember what the, other, oh, she, there was, there, she's done a couple of other shorts. I, did, I watched another one, which was only like two minutes long called Floor Nine and a Half, which is oh. really good. Uh, really good, like two, you know, um, gets to the point, but it's actually got something that act- happens in it and two, it shows how much you can do in two minutes. Um, but yeah, she's done all sorts of stuff like Black Mirror and stuff. Oh, Barbarian. Oh. That was the big, the, one of the big films I saw recently. Oh, right. um, 
Oh, so, uh, yeah, the it sets up the you know it's it's again we've seen it it's one of those things we've seen it a lot of times. I mean, you could you could say Wicker Man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it starts with a journey to this like um, I don't know if it's an island or whatever, but she's definitely crossing water yeah. um, mm-hmm. to get to this place. And you know, it's they uh, they're like a small community. They don't really they live kind of isolated, and they've got these beliefs uh, and stuff uh, which sort of gradually come to the fore. It's it's only like what twelve minutes long or something, and mm-hmm. it's it paces itself quite nicely. There's a bit where they look through the photo album, and she starts seeing the photos, and she's like really disturbed about what she's seeing. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what? I, I can't quite tell what she's seeing. What, what what's mm-hmm. there? And I'm like going back and I'm like pausing it to look at it. It was like, what? You know, you, there's you can see little inklings, but you're not quite you don't quite get what what looks so scary to her, or or yeah. not necessarily scary, but a bit freaky. Um, uh, and yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know what the title meant. So uh, you know, I, afterwards I I looked that up, and it's a whole thing and stuff. So it's it's definitely a, a, a something I'd never heard of. Uh, this this kind of uh, group, uh, you know, these mm. these, uh, these types of people. Um, uh, but I think if you if you know you approach it like a say um, like a Wicker Man, Midsummer, whatever it is, kind of kind of thing. Or even something like the long night, you know, what we were talking about earlier, you know, the, some people they go into this case. Although in that case, uh, you think that that's what you think is going to happen <laughs> in the movie. The movie actually goes into. Do you remember at the start of the long night? It's like we're going to visit my parents or whatever, mm. and, it's like, and it's like actually not. And you know, you think it's going to go a bit more of a, a get out kind of way, you know. It's, again, which is a film I keep quoting quite a lot lately, but again, it's another kind of thing of somebody drawn into something that's big and freaky you know more you know that the, they're a pawn in this kind of uh story or tale or you know that they, they, they're wanted for for something in the which is again night of the bastard was the same thing you know they're mm. they're praying yeah. they're trying to get this particular person to do this to you know to fulfill this sort of uh, unholy or uh you know spiritual right or whatever it is uh, in this case it's much more uh a bit more i don't know they've got no sort of grand plans it's just sort of mm. more of a it's a site uh it's like pu- purely domestic kind mm. of i'm trying not to give it away but it's like a domestic thing rather than any sort of grand sort of plan so yeah i think i thought it was really yeah. really good really good because yeah, up until you know that that final moment mm. I'm, I'm sort of going well what is what is the game plan here you know mm. it's like yeah. what, did he really Bring her all this way just for that, you know. And but then you get that last bit, which is like you know incredibly sinister and 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 just freakish, and you know you're going, what is going on? <laughs> um, which is great because it actually gives it a bit more oomph, as it were. It's like it's like you know, yes, there is some sort of plan here, you know, that they had. It is a bit more. You know, long term than than you know you you might have other otherwise thought. It's just freakish, for sure. So, um, who's the director of this one? This was directed by Dawson Taylor. So, congratulations, Dawson Taylor. You have given us nightmares for the next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really, really, really bizarre film. Uh, we don't score the shorts, but we certainly recommend you check them out. Uh, this is on the Alter channel on YouTube, and you shall find a link in the footnotes below. Go check it out, but find something fluffy to watch afterwards.
Our DTV throwback this week is Gunman. A roguish criminal is broken out of jail by a roguish DEA agent to help him locate $400 million before the crime lord it was stolen from catches up with them. Um, I saw this back in the day when it, when it came out on VHS. Um, and I did like it overall, but, but I think the same problems I had with it then are present now. Um, in that there is too much repetition and bickering between Lambert and Peebles. It is just like incessant, you know, you never get to a point where they actually go, okay, fine, we'll work together. It's like, psych! Yeah, <laughs> every time. It's, it, it becomes very annoying. Um, but the cast is brilliant. You know, not only do we have Van Peebles and Christopher Lambert, we've also got uh, Dennis Leary as the main henchman, and we've got Patrick Stewart as as the main, well, the, the bad guy, at least to begin with. And he gets a heck of an introduction by... Yeah. Having his, having his wife buried alive for some weird infraction, you know, he even says to Leary like, "Am I overreacting?" Yeah, and he's like, "I don't know," which I thought was quite cool. I don't know about his, his, his accent was quite funny as well. Uh, I wasn't yeah. sure if it was meant to be like a bit a bit sort of more Cockney English or or if it was South African, but not. <laughs> but it was it was definitely not his usual sort of Picard voice. That's for sure. Uh, which is quite cool. Um, yeah. So other other than the, as I say that that sort of the bickering and the constant like double crossing all the time was, uh, which just kept the film. You know, it. it, it I think it it kept breaking the momentum of, of, of the film. Um, it's shot very well. It's, it's got some great stunt moments. Um, you know, quite expansive with with the with the setting and everything. Um, it was yeah, it was interesting to revisit this one. Uh, Steve, had you seen it before? No, no, I hadn't. Uh, I think I'd heard of it though. Mm. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with you. It is a bit too bickery. You know, I mean, it's your nice buddy, not, not yeah. buddy, but buddy, You know, oh, they'll bicker, they'll bicker, they'll bicker, then they'll they'll be alright. They'll but... be best of friends, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, but but it is a little bit too even. Right to the last scene, mm. the last shot, it's still they're still bickering, you know, mm. and it does it does great a bit as well. And well, I thought that the stunt was great, especially the bit with the um, the dunking with the helicopter. Mm. Yeah, that was, that, cool. yeah, that was done really well. Yeah, somebody on uh, there played that guy, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I thought Dennis Lee was great in it as well. Um, yeah. I'm not seeing much of his acting work, you know, a demolition man, things like that, but mm. more more for his stand up when I was younger. And I think he, he, he did a really good part in it as well. He's, um, yeah, he's he's quite a natural kind of actor, you know. I mean, there was another film he was in called Suicide Kings with uh, Christopher Walken and yeah, Sean, that, yeah. Sean Patrick. Flannery, the guy who played Young yeah. in Irma Jones. Um, yeah, that was a pretty good one. But yeah, he's, he has got a really good screen presence, uh, Dennis Leary. Uh, yeah. he, he always comes across really well. 
And this was a really good year for him. I mean, this was probably peak Leary. He sort of he was really sort of breaking out at this point. No cure for cancer was this the the mm. year that he made this nineteen ninety three, mm. uh, and he and he also did in Sandlot in the same Kate? year. Uh, he was did Sandlot later? Kids. Uh, no, that was the same year. Loaded Weapon One. He appeared in as well. Um, Who's the Man, which was the Dr. Dre and Ed Lover movie. Mm -hmm. I think, don't they, they appear in this movie actually as well, don't they? Um, There's like that, that. um, There uh, is a lot of rap. rap There's a lot of rapping going on. There's a whole bunch of rappers who appear like gratuitous cameos kind of thing. Um, But this year was also the year of uh, Demolition Man and Judgment Night. And I would say that Gunman, Demolition Man is... Dennis Leary doing Dennis Leary, you know, he's doing yeah. the, you know, he's the doing stand up sort of yeah. He's doing the bits. He's doing bits every now and again. Um, yeah. Gunman, he doesn't do that. Gunman's got a lot of comedy in it, but Dennis Leary isn't doing the comedy. He's not, no. he's not even, he's not really mm. doing many jokes. He's playing it like really, uh, like, like he's, he's playing it like a proper bad guy, basically, mm. um, which is really good. And he also did that in Judgment Night, which was also the same year. Although mm. in Judgment Night, he kind of little did a little bit of the, the no cure for cancer sort of, sort of comedy and stuff as well. So mm-hmm. um, I would say Gunman's one of his best performances of that, you know, of this sort of breakout year for him of being, of showing, you know, that he's funny, but he can also be like quite this intimidating, you know, uh, a, a character on screen. And he, you know, he's obviously he's had a very successful acting career um, ever since doing all sorts of stuff from mm-hmm. uh, his, you know, his comedy vehicle, the ref, which was uh, the year later. Mm-hmm. And um all the way through to Rescue Me is a popular series which I've I've not actually watched Um, but yeah things like Suicide Kings and um, and that were coming in a lot of stuff he did was um, you know more DTV I would say for the most same Mm -hmm. same a bit like this one Um, but he's never kind of become sort of top tier even stuff like Operation Dumbo Drop you know they weren't big hits were they you know it's like um, a bit more lower lower thing but I've always thought he was he's he's a great presence great asset to any film that i've seen him in especially like judgment night where he's such a brilliant villain in that as well but the yeah. um i would say uh getting back to the rest of the cast i'd say this was a film that i saw when it also saw when it came out great cover um you know box art mm-hmm. and stuff um uh didn't quite live up to what i wanted it to be at the time so mm-hmm. interesting to go back and watch it in now in a in a full widescreen version um uh, I, I certainly can appreciate some of the stunts a lot more than I did then. I mean, there's the, say the helicopter stunt and the, the dipping in the water and everything. And there's, mm-hmm. there's loads of great jumping out of things. And, you know, yeah. even so, some of it reminded me of like Nemesis with like Mario Van Peebles got this big long like trench coat and he's like jumping through mm-hmm. windows and, and thing, or his double is and stuff. I mean, Mario Van Peebles, I don't think has looked cooler than he looks in this film. I mean, he looks pretty cool in a lot of his films, but um, this is one of his coolest characters i think that he's that he's played um the uh and i do like mario van peoples obviously i've never seen new jack city actually um but <gasps> I, see, I do keep meaning to um no, but the... well funny enough you haven't you haven't seen new jack city i i haven't seen judgment night so so i can't complain. oh you gotta see judgment night oh you gotta <laughs> you go and fix new that yeah. yeah i've got it off. yeah it's not the thing is new jack city is not one of those ones that actually turns up on like services or anything that, that I would true. go, oh yeah, I definitely I should definitely watch that. It's a Warner Brothers movie, and I don't actually yeah. um, think they, you know, it's one of those ones you've got to you got to pay to rent it, or whatever. They don't tend to put it on streaming services. Mm. A bit like some of the, um, yeah, like quite a few of the Warner Brothers. Actually, Warner Brothers stuff is starting to turn up on Disney Plus, which is a bit weird. So uh, who knows? Maybe it will turn up on there. Um, 
the Christopher Lambert, obviously, mm -hmm. he's great. Uh, but you could make a drinking game out of how many times he does this. <laughs> so it's like he's putting it on but it's very distinctive and I do, it's, I like, it's like he's it. trying to laugh in english <laughs> yeah <laughs> um uh he does that cool bit with the you know he, he is he passed out and there's a fly and you oh, know he's yeah. actually trying to catch the flight and then it turns out he's actually he's been catching like dozens of flies <laughs> like that mm. it's like keeping his uh prison mate amused and stuff there's some there's some lot, a lot of really good moments in the film mm. especially say the action and stuff it yeah, I think I definitely enjoyed it more. I don't think it's fantastic, but I think it's definitely it's definitely good, solid 90s buddy action. I mean, there was mm. so... I think one of the reasons I probably didn't get on with it at the time was the market was just so saturated mm. with films doing this um, that it was probably just not stand... It didn't stand out enough from the crowd. But I think now yeah. it's sort of... You know, you can go back and sort of, yes, it's very formulaic and stuff, but the jungle setting is quite unique. A bit like when I went back and watched Men of War, yeah. um, the Dolph Lundgren movie, you know, movies with yeah. sort of jungles, you know, jungle forests and stuff type of settings are not really my my favourite. I do prefer sort of urban settings, but... What about 50, the 50 Have you seen that? Yeah, fifth, well, yeah, we covered that on the show, we didn't did, we? Didn't we? Um, yeah. another, yeah, but again, all those kind of movies, they're, they're not my default but I do appreciate those a bit more these days. Yeah. Like McBain, the uh, Christopher mm -hmm. Walken oh, movie yeah, as yeah. well, stuff like that. Um, but the Patrick Stewart, I enjoyed seeing. He's only got like two scenes. And I think his accent changes between those two scenes, like mm -hmm. he was saying. I think he starts out doing a little bit of his, it's either South African Yorkshire or, or something. Yeah. I'm not sure what he's, what is, what, what's going on, but it's quite novel. Uh, mm -hmm. He had, he was already well known for Picard mm -hmm. by this point, but he yeah. hadn't quite, he was still probably in the sort of Star Trek kind of, yeah. you know, realm. He hadn't quite have broken it. I mean, these days, Patrick Stewart. Yet. Exactly. Mm. Patrick Stewart kind of became more than Star Trek, didn't he? He's much, his name is bigger than Star Trek now. Whereas at this point, he was just kind of the guy who was the yeah. lead in Star Trek Next Generation yeah. and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think this is one of his sort of movies where he was um, working, still working his way up in the mainstream uh, of, of, you know, playing other characters which i thought he did quite well with i say it's it's a small role but um mm -hmm. a couple of other notable things uh the script was by stephen summers yeah um yeah, who, right. did, who did Just um, you how, how long he's been around you know well you, you go back to the start of his career his first film uh, which i haven't seen was uh written and directed by him so he's been writing and directing and and just writing since the early 90s i think um and this was uh you know at this point he was more successful as a writer but he was you know he would later get things like the mummy deep rising and, and all that sort of yep. stuff kicking off um but yeah you can definitely you know there's that kind of snappy dialogue that he does especially in like deep rising in terms of comparisons of that sort of jokey dialogue that he does mm -hmm. um and the film is directed by Darren Serafian who yep. did Death Warrant and Terminal Velocity but Terminal then kind Velocity of disappeared Sorry, terminal velocity. Yeah, it's one of my. Fa I mean, I, I saw that over over drop zone. I mean, I saw drop zone mm -hmm. a few years later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but but I, I really did like um, um, terminal velocity with Charlie Sheen. I keep, uh, yeah, I keep meaning to, to watch it again. Is that on Disney Plus? Do you know? Because that's one of the Hollywood Pictures be. movies. I think I, yeah. I I would be. I think it's probably on there. The um that was um that was the one I always remember because it's the bit with the um I think doesn't the car come out of the 
come out of the plane or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Just, yeah. That's oh, and the bit where he's um, there's a bit that's a bit like Die Hard Two in it, where he's kind of mm -hmm. flying through the air. Oh, you know, Char it's Charlie Sheen or something. Anyway, um, so solid, you know, director. He's actually gone on to he kind of disappeared from movies, but had a very, yeah. very prolific TV directing yeah, career. He's, he's done um, loads. I do want to. Um, I don't want to mention one of his films. I, if if we mm. ever find this, I, I mm. want it as a throwback. Um, 1994, he did a film called The Road Killers. Okay. It's it's another film with Christopher no. Lambert, Christopher Lambert, Craig, Craig Sheffer, and David Arquette. Oh, that was released as Road Flower over here. All right. Yeah, because that's yeah. that's the that's what the UK um, VHS uh, box art title was, oh, right. I I believe. <clears throat> so you might find it under that title somewhere. Okay. But yeah, I did see that back in the day. Actually, oh. uh, pretty good sort of psycho uh, group, basically yeah, a yeah. family um, on a on a road trip. Sort of um, bit of a duel kind of situation goes on between mm. between uh, Craig Sheffer's sort of psycho, you know, gang. Mm -hmm. And uh, and Craig and uh, sorry uh, and Christopher Lambert's family, if I recall correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly um, would like to track that one down. Yeah, That's Road Killers, also known as Road Flower. Yeah, you never well worth a look on the old um, YouTube because uh, sometimes yeah. some of these as which is where we found this one because this one is really hard to find in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, it's not really. I don't think it's had a DVD release or anything. Gun, no, Gunman. It's not available on any streaming services that I found. So yeah, we, yeah. we found a found it on YouTube. You found a um, very nice hard, yeah, high quality high def um, copy in widescreen. So, so yeah, whoever, yeah, road, whoever <laughs> road flower, uh, road killers. It was the same director actually. Yes, so it was okay. another film with uh, Darren Serafin, actually written by Teddy Serafian, yeah. who uh, I don't know if that's a uh, brother or whatever. David Arquette was in that. I'm just learning <laughs> realised that. Um, say it's from uh, that's from like the a year later, mm, uh, 1994. Right. Uh, Josh Brolin, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, flipping heck, the cast is amazing in that film. Yeah. <laughs> I need to, I need to, yeah, we need to track that one down and see if we can give that, uh, see if that, uh, see if that's available for a watch somewhere because. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I love it. I do love a Christopher Lambert movie. He, he's, I think he's good in this, but definitely this one is um, Mary Van Peebles yeah, and exactly. and Dennis Leary and Brenda Bucky. I should say is is kind of the um, the girl with the gun. Oh, this is the, the second, yeah, the second hench person. Yeah, yeah there's always a, a, yeah. a woman in in that. I mean, Brenda Bucky yes. was in uh, Under Siege Two, and in that movie there was also a girl with a gun who's the one who ends up killing her in that film but uh, yeah i thought she was pretty good and there's a there's an interesting dynamic with her character and one of the others and there's like a betrayal and dennis leary's like quite unforgiving and whatever there's some really interesting stuff going on with their with the bad guy dynamic because hmm. yeah you don't not often just... go on go on steve sorry it's just simple is it you know there's the double crossing and you know Mm. All that kind of stuff going on in the background. It's not just simply they're the bad guys, you know. Yeah. Um, especially what happens to Patrick Stewart halfway through, you know. Well, exactly. He, yeah. There's the yeah. The, dyna the dynamics are shifting in in the, yeah. in the film. It's, it's not set, you know. It's not like Dennis Leary is the henchman and you know Patrick Stewart's the bad. It's like things move around, you know. It's like it's, it's, it's quite good in that respect. Indeed. And today is also Brenda Bracken's birthday. That was it. Okay. Well, happy birthday. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs>
Okay, we do not score the throwbacks, but we recommend you check them out. As we said, this isn't on a streaming service. It is available on YouTube. I say, I say it's not available on the streaming service in the UK, at least at the moment. Um, but we have found a very nice print on YouTube, and we will put a link to it. So please check it out if you haven't seen it or you want to revisit it. Um, definitely worth your time. That is the end of this week's show. So thank you for listening. Uh, thank you guys for joining me. Um, very interesting couple of films that we discussed. Uh, don't forget to check out our Facebook and Twitter pages at the DTV Digest. Also check out the Short Shots where Rich puts a new link to a short every evening around about eight o'clock. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.